And now, another timely and powerful message from Pastor Emmanuel Williams and Imitators of God Ministries, Colossal Vivacious Church in Tallahassee. There were more than 5,000 men. There were about 15,000 people because uh, most of these men, they had wives and kids. Uh, For that matter, we are told that the women were not counted uh, back then and the children were not counted back then and we know it's because of the society they lived in that's why that happened we know today not counting women and children that's a big mistake amen let me say that again today not counting women and children that's a what biggest mistake you could ever made amen and so we know that i don't have to go and justify that again praise the lord but i do have a word from the lord the bible says when the disciples jesus preached all day preached all day the people got tired amen he preached from let's say about four or five hours until sundown that's a lot of preaching i wish we had a recording of that you know i wish we had a recording of that all the sermons of jesus praise the lord even those things he's even the sermons he gave that's not recorded but that would be a blessing so we are told here that the disciples looked at the people and they came up with a suggestion and they said to jesus it's getting late amen we need to send the people away so they can get a place to eat there was no mcdonald's in the immediate vicinity no burger king amen no um glory be to jesus taco bell amen no tack no chalupas right glory be to god so they said they said jesus uh, it, the best thing to do is send them away and jesus answered in verse 37 i want to start here today jesus said to them give you them to eat in other words give them something to eat and they said unto him this is what they said they said shall we go and buy 200 penny worth of bread and give them to eat i want to investigate for a little while jesus's response he said you all give them something to eat isn't that so in other words he's saying real ministry involves more than preaching oh glory be to jesus real ministry involves more than preaching it was james in verse 27 of chapter 1 that said pure religion can somebody say real ministry real ministry and on the file before god and the father is this to visit the fatherless and the widows to visit god's protected class god's protected class is the fatherless and who the widows indeed you mess with the widows you mess with the fatherless and there is one more and the poor and you are touching god's heart are you with me god's protected class the widows the fatherless and the and the poor and so he said you give them something to sense let me share something with you we always have something we just got to look hard enough oh glory be to jesus you see the disciples were aware of the people's needs like most of us are and of course we know that they were compassionate that's why they said to jesus let the people go let them get something to eat but they never thought about meeting the needs themselves are you getting what i'm saying saints you always have to look first on the inside look at yourself sometimes brothers and sisters we 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 sell ourselves short glory be to jesus sometimes we look at ourselves and we say can god use me me and then we bring our pass amen we must learn to use our pass as few will to catapult us in the future use your pass as what few will to what catapult you in the future because it's not about you it's about god and what god can do through you 
It's not through your strength. So never sell yourself short. Never count yourself out. So they said to Jesus, send the people go. Amen. Now, 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 now John gave us some information which Mark did not give us. Let us go to John because as I said, the same stories in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. The Gospel of John gave us some information. Quickly, John chapter 6. And let's hear what John added that Mark left out. Amen. John chapter 6, verse 5 to 6. When Jesus then lifted up his eyes, we got it, and saw a great many company coming to him, he said to Philip, now John didn't tell us he spoke to Philip. Are you with me? Jesus said to Philip, when shall we buy bread that these may eat? So Jesus is telling Philip, where can we get bread? Hmm? And he said, why did Jesus say that? Verse, verse 6 tells us why. Verse 6 tells us why Jesus asked Philip. Hmm? He said this to what? To prove him. For Jesus himself knew what he would do. Oh, glory be. Isn't that wonderful? Jesus said this, so he wanted to prove. He was, he was what? He was proving them. Jesus was not asking Philip for information. Let me say that again. He was not what? He wasn't for asking information as to how to feed the, the verse tells us he already knew what he was going to do. But rather he was proving, the verse prove here, the word prove here means, this is what it means. It means to test. It means to discipline. Let me say it again. Jesus was approving Philip. Jesus was what? Testing Philip's faith. Jesus was disciplining Philip. Are you with me? The word prove here means to what? We said it means to test, it routinize, it means to discipline. Because Jesus was, Jesus was after training this man to take over. Are you getting what I'm saying, saints? He was training this man to, get, uh, to take over and Jesus said, now, this is a good time to test them. Let me test and see where, let me test their faith. That's the difference between a test and a, and, and, a, and a temptation. When you are tested, it's always to develop your faith. When you are tempted, it's always to destroy your faith. Amen? So when Jesus told Jairus in Luke chapter 8, verse 50, I know it's eight, Luke chapter 8, verse 50, because the area code for the, this area is 850. So in Luke chapter 8, verse 50, he told Jairus, when Jairus got the news, your daughter was dead. He said, believe only, fear not, and she shall be what? Made whole. So Jesus was saying, act as if. No, that's the test. He's testing Jairus. Act as if it's going to be all right. He's pulling that faith. Anytime Jesus tries to pull faith from people, it's a test. Are you with me? It's a test. He's trying to enlarge our capacity to believe God. And that's what he's doing here with these men. It's not only teaching. You got to test sometimes. You know a teacher, after they've taught for a little while, doctor always said to me, Pastor, I have a lot of test papers, huh? Test papers. You got to test the kids to see if they know. So one time he teaches, another time he takes his stands back and he administers a test. He's very quiet. He's very silent. Like what some of us are going through now. We're asking God, where are you? Like I did this week. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I know it's a test, glory be to God, but I just thought I would say something. 
Amen. I, amen. I, no, I know daddy. I know my daddy God. Listen to me, brothers and sisters. Isaiah chapter 1 verse 17 says, let's reason together. Are you with me? He said, though your sins are, your sins are crimson, they'll be made white as snow. I have nothing to reason with God. I, I, I just thought I would say, where are you? <laughs> are you getting what I'm saying? I saw David said it, but after that, I didn't stop there. I said, thank you, Father. You never leave me. Neither do you forsake me. You said you'll be with me always, even unto the end. I with me sense. It's just a test. God always know what he's going to do. So when he asks you what, are you, what do you think we must do, he's not asking you to give him information. Are you getting what I'm saying, sense? He's gonna, he wants to see whether or not you have grown. Mm? And the way he knows whether you have grown is from what you say. That's how I know whether church folks are growing from what they say. You get around brothers and sisters and you listen intently as to whether or not that person qualified for promotion. Ah, glory be to God. And you listen to the way they speak. Anyhow, let me move along. It tells whether or not we've grown. Amen? Oh, glory be to Jesus. So Jesus didn't teach. Jesus didn't teach his disciples. He trained them as well. He was constantly trying to involve them in his miracles. I love Jesus. He wants to get them involved. He wants to like like what I'm going to do next year. I'm going to get on Isn't that what get them involved? So we can sit back and listen to them. Amen. And when we do that, everybody's going to come to church. Praise the Lord. Because this is not about men. Are you getting what I'm saying, saints? This is not about one individual. This is about all of us. Glory be to Jesus. Because sometimes I need to take a break. So I saw Jesus doing it. So I'm going to do what I saw Jesus did. He's trying to get them involved to strengthen their faith. Because he knows he's about to go to heaven. I'm not going anywhere. I'm just saying. I just thought I would praise the Lord. Amen. Glory be to Jesus. I got a wife to serve and a son to father. Amen. <laughs> Glory be to Jesus. So he's always trying to get the disciples involved. He wanted them to listen to the Holy Spirit and take a step of faith me though that Jesus never asked no listen listen what I'm saying he never asked advice from anyone about anything in the true sense of the word how many of you know that he never asked advice so when God asks you a question it say oh it's time for promotion let me be careful of I answer let me be because sometimes or most times God whispers to us and he's waiting to hear what we say I'm not sure if you've heard of many of you have heard about of Corrie ten Boom Corrie ten Boom well anyway um, uh, but maybe I'm saying it wrong. Corey Ten Boom. That's it. Anyhow. This is what she said. She said, there is no in heaven, only plans. In heaven, no panic. No plans. Nobody, nobody's going to heaven and saying, oh my God, I didn't know. Nobody does that in heaven. Only plans. Amen. So he just wanted to know what was in Philip's heart. Because the Bible says he knew all men. He knew, he knows what's in everybody's heart. Amen? Glory be to Jesus. And this is what I want to tell you. He wanted Philip to learn. Like I think he wants many of us to learn. And that is there is no problem too big for God to solve. There is no what? No problem too big for God to solve. None at all. None at, no problem. No problem. Any problem, your ch any challenges you have now, it's not too big for God to solve. Personal, emotional, financial. 
relational. Too big for God to solve. I was, um, this week I was being, as I usually do, I listen to a lot of preachers and a lot of uh, successful people also who are not Christians. And one of the guys was saying, uh, he was just speaking and he was saying, he found out that the majority, well, he said one, between one to three percent of the entire United States population enjoy what is called true riches. You know, they are the place where they, they um, can command their future. Are you with me? Are the place where, you know, their money uh, uh, um, multiply. You know money is a multiplier. Uh, um, if you're a bad person, it'll, get you, it'll, it'll just increase the worst in you. If you're a good person, it'll increase the good in you. Are you with me? That's what money does. Money multiplies more of who you are. So he said, he said he was saying one, two, three percent. And I kept saying, you know, I mean, that's almost the same thing in church. I read the statistics. One to five percent of church folks can say they are in the will of God. I'm, you know, I'm smack dab in the will of God. Or oh, what I have, I got it from God. And one guy said, he said, he's 55. He said, I've made so many mistakes. He said, I'm going to settle for waiting on God. He said, I'm too old to make a mistake now. Yeah, he said, I'm going to be part of that one to five percent who can say, yes, I heard from God. Yes, I'm in the will of God. He said, I'm going to prepare myself for, for that to happen. How many of you know that doesn't happen by osmosis? The Bible says this is how it happened in Proverbs, in, uh, Psalm, in sorry, Romans chapter 12, verse 1. It says, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you first of all do what? Present your body, what? Living sacrifice, first step. As a living sacrifice, holy, we were singing it a while ago. Holy unto God. Now listen to me. Holiness is not something that comes from the outside in. Holiness is what? Doesn't come from the outside in. The Bible says we were, we were created in righteousness and true holiness. Ephesians 4.24. It says, put on the new man which after God, after means in the likeness of God, which is just like God. It said, put on the new man like my feet are sunk into the pants. That's what he's saying. Sink yourself into the new man. Who's the new man? The recreated spirit. Second Corinthians 5 and it says, any man in Christ is a... That's the new man he's talking about. And what we're saying, when we got saved, we got new software. The Bible says all the things, the old Adamic spirit, the old Adamic spirit, the old nature. Don't you listen to some people say you have two natures. You don't have two natures. Are you with me? Let me tell you why. The Bible says in Ephesians chapter 2 verse 2, we were the children. We were. We what? We were. You have to go to that Ephesians 2 2 because I'm running across that every day and I hear Christians saying we got two natures and I know some of you may hear people say that but I'm going to show you you don't have two natures according to the Bible and I'm going to show you think you have two natures. The Bible says where it in time past you walked according to the course of this world you, you what? Walked past tense according to the course of this world according to the prince of the power of the ear the spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience can you go to verse 3 which is what i want to get to he says here among whom also we what had our con had our conversations with lifestyle you were and you had 
in times past the lust of the flesh. You are, what? What? And and what? What by what? I'm, I'm not sure we are some of these people getting these things. We got two natures. I, I, a little reading helps. We were by nature children of wrath. We now have the nature of God. The problem is your mind doesn't know that because your mind is not renewed. Let me say our mind. Let me not say your. Let me put myself in it because I am still struggling with that. You hear me? Our mind doesn't know that. Our mind, we got new software. That is why you and I have to renew our mind. Renewing the mind is the same as putting on the new man. As you renew the mind, you're putting on the new man. Because the new man which is sealed by God, which has love, joy, peace, gentleness, goodness. I'm a good person. I'm a gentle person. My mind just doesn't know that. I need to renew my mind to that reality. Are you getting what I'm saying, saints? I don't know how I get there, but somebody needs to hear that. Are you getting what I'm saying, saints? It's important to know that holiness doesn't come from the outside. When you realize you're holy, oh, I'm holy. Oh, I came holy. My God. How many of you know it's easier to work something inside out than to get something from outside in? It's easier to agree with what you have. You believe that? Ephesians 4.24. Ephesians 4.24. Let me show you Ephesians 4.24 quickly. I said, put on the new man, which after God was created in righteousness and true holiness. And that you put on the new man, which that word after here means in the likeness of God. When God said, let's create man in our own image and likeness, that's the word right there. Likeness. When God said, let's create man just like us. That's what likeness means, just like us. That's what it means. Let's create human beings in what? So he said, and put on the new man. And the reason why he's saying put it on is because the truth, the, the truth be told, you look at yourself and you say, man, I don't think I got that. You look at yourself, you look at yourself in the mirror and then, you know, you begin to talk to yourself. Not only that, your conscience help you. Your conscience join and they tell you, you are this, you are that. You're... And then you say, yes, I am. No, 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 no. That's not who you are. That's not who you are. What you do doesn't define you. Are you with me? What you do does not what? Define you. You are the righteousness of God. Are you with me? That's what the Bible says. Ephesians chapter, sorry, 1 Corinthians, 2 Corinthians 5, 21. We were created in righteousness. And look at that. We were what? Created in righteousness and true holiness. Everybody here is holy. You don't have to get holy. Our actions have to mirror that truth though. Are you with me? Your actions have to mirror that truth. But in God's sight, because the reason why is because you live among people and people are looking at you. God is looking at you. God is looking at the real you, which is your spirit. And God is telling you every day, every day, I love you. He doesn't look at your sins. God, I haven't got time for that. You and I, we look at each other's sins. New Testament, the Bible says God doesn't even record sins. Some of you hate that, amen. When I heard that the first time, I, when I heard that the first time, I hated that because I was. When I heard that, I hated that that statement because for so long I held on to me comparing myself with brothers and sisters in the church as a young Christian, just ignorant. Are you with me? But now I'm free. I can believe the word, amen. So the Bible says here. So you, brothers and sisters, you were created in righteousness and true holiness. And what you need to do is sink into that reality. Renew your mind to that reality. Just what we got to do? Renew our mind. And as you renew your mind to that reality, guess what? It's going to come out. As you begin telling yourself, no, that's not who I am. God said I'm holy. 
I'm righteous. And he's looking down every day from heaven saying, I love you. Ephesians 1, 6, you are accepted in the beloved. Accepted is the same word he used for Mary in Luke chapter 2. He said, he said, highly favored. So he's looking at you saying, highly favored. You, we are looking at each other. We are looking at, at each other and we're saying, we look, we call each other sinner, sinner. God is looking at us and saying, highly favored. <laughs> highly favored. As you renew your mind to that truth, you'll begin to hear more of God than people. And then you'll get free. Free to do right. Let me move on. I thought I would give that to you for free. To free. I'm telling you what delivered me as a Christian. Well, I'm walking a level of freedom and liberty and love with God. And nobody's taking it from me. Amen. It doesn't matter how much you look in your Bible to doubt me. It's in the word. Are you getting what I'm saying? The same Bible you use. I can use it. Because we need to. Many of us. You know what? We need to crawl out from beneath that Old Testament. That Old Testament. That law has us. And we cannot crawl out from beneath the law. That's the problem. The law. 2,000 years. The first 2,000 years, God dealt with us in mercy. The second 2,000 years, the law. This last 2,000 years is grace and mercy again, but we cannot come from under the law. That's the problem. And so we look at everything through the law. Let me tell you, it is, some, some of the things are too nice for some of us because we've been, we've been fossilized and crystallized in, in the concepts of the law. And you get what I'm saying? Just, and we just cannot crawl from beneath it. And that's a major problem. So here we are. Jesus is trying his best with some men who are under the law. They are what? Under the law, because Jesus hasn't died. And so they're looking at things from the law perspective. They said to Jesus, are you asking us? Back to our text, Mark chapter 6, verse 37. They said, are you asking us to go and buy 200 penny worth of bread and give them to it? One penny worth was one, was a daily wage. He's saying to them, he's saying to Jesus, do you want me to go out and buy almost 20,000, that's 200 days, Amen. So if so, take your income, divided it by 26, bi-weekly. <laughs> divided it by 40 or 80. Amen. And get, and get how much it is per day. Think about your daily income multiplied by 200. That's what he's saying to Jesus. Almost 20, the average, I, the average one commentator said should be $20,000. So they said, God, are you asking us, Jesus, to go out and get $20,000 to feed all these people? Where is it coming from? And Jesus said, in verse 38, he said to them, how many loaves have you? And the reason why I tell him how many loaves have you is because we always have something. They, had, they hadn't even checked. But here they are making excuses already. And that's the problem since we need to check and see what we have first before we start making excuses. Are you with me? Lord, what do I have? Before I start saying, I can't, I cannot. Listen to me. I heard one preacher said it. Not me. Another preacher. He said, I can't, I don't. It's the language of the spiritual poor. Let me say it again. He said, I can't and I don't. It's the language of the spiritual poor. He said, we got Philippians 4.13. God said, I can do all things. I'm going to do the wrong crowd, but that's okay. That's okay. That's okay. <laughs> The language, man, I, nothing rocked me. The language of the spiritual poor. I can't, I don't. 
And he said to them, many loaves have you? Notice he didn't ask them, how much do we need? He didn't ask them that. No, he asked them how, no, he didn't ask them that. He didn't ask, uh, what do we have? No, he didn't. Uh oh, what are we lacking? He didn't ask for that. He said, what do you have? Because we all have something. It does not matter how small it is, since we all have something. Amen? And so before we start making excuses, let's first find out what we have. Isn't that what Thanksgiving is about? To identify the little you have and thank God for it. Isn't that you first recognize what we have and then give God thanks for it? Miracles always start with what we have. You would agree? Little is much, you've heard it, little is much when hot. When God is in it, this is much when God is in it. It's when we recognize what we have and give God thanks for it, we qualify for increase and multiplication. You recognize what you have and thank God for it. Focusing and invent, listen to me, sense. Focusing and inventorying on the we have, it makes difficult to give thanks. And so when you ask, what do we have? How many loaves do you have? He said, go and see. Because he knew what he was going to do. Amen. Why did he say, go out? Go and see. Verse 37. The end of verse 37, I think it says, go and see. It said, oh yeah, right here. Go and see. And when they knew, they, they found out they had how many? Five loaves and two fishes. Now, 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 John chapter 6, verse 8 and 9. I like to bring in this because it gives us information that Mark didn't give us. He says, one of his disciples, John chapter 6, verse 8 says, one of his disciples, Andrew. So he asked Philip. Philip said, hey, we don't have $20,000. Jesus, forget about Philip. He moved on. Now, you and I, anyhow, let me not say that. Any. <laughs> He moved on. He, and one of the disciples, Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, said unto him, There is a lad here. There is somebody here we didn't count. There is a lad here which have five barley loaves and two small fish. But listen, listen to what he said. He said, but what are there among so many people? It is so small. What can we do with it? <laughs> can somebody interpret the tongues <laughs> so he said there's a little boy who has a little lunch his mother gave him five loaves and two fish isn't it I said it last week but isn't it interesting that the people we overlook <laughs> the people we don't count like they didn't count them in these are the people who have our miracles are you getting what I'm saying? These are the people that have a miracle. Oh, glory be to Jesus. The little boy and his mother, they didn't count in. They had the miracle that they needed. But they didn't matter in the minds of those who counted. Mm, they were not included in the count because they only counted men. Lord, I, Lord, I give you praise. Thank you, Jesus. Mm? Listen to me, saints. God uses people that other people don't count. Let me say that. God uses what? People or the people don't count, or the or the folks may write you off, write me off. Mm? And some may say they are no good. Mm? They are no count. They'll never measure up to anything. But God takes people whom the people don't count. He uses people whom other people don't think qualify. 
are qualified. This is the kind of God we serve. He sees, I heard, I, I didn't get that, but I heard that and I, I heard that from another preacher. He said, God sees the treasure in trash. Please take time to meditate on the word and let it sink into your heart and soul and mind today. Knowing that the Christian who meditates on the word will be like a tree planted by the water, bringing forth fruit in its season and prospering in all that he does. But what if you aren't a Christian today? What if you don't know if you're bound for heaven as a forgiven child of God? If that's you, then let's take care of it right now if you're ready. Do you believe that Jesus died for your sins? Are you ready to be forgiven of your sins and washed clean and made new? Are you ready to begin your new life in Christ? Then turn to God right now and say, Lord, I love you. I need you. I repent of my sins. Lord, please forgive me and wash me clean. I receive your forgiveness right now as I put my faith in Jesus as my Savior. God, please lead me and teach me and show me how to live from now on. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. And if you're looking for a good church family, you'll be welcomed with open arms at Imitators of God Ministries, Colossal Vivacious Church in Tallahassee, located at 4750 Capital Circle Southeast near Tram Road. Sunday school begins for all ages at 10 a.m. and the morning service begins at 11. And the Wednesday evening service begins at 7. This is a life-giving, multicultural, multi-generational church where people of all races, backgrounds, and walks of life come together to worship, to be inspired in their love for God, to develop relationships, and to be empowered to live out God's purpose for their lives. Find more information on their website, imitatorsofgodministries.com, or call the church, 850-408-8496.